Hey, thanks so much for joining us for another episode of the Tree of Life Church podcast. It's our prayer that these messages help connect you to the life, love, and power of Jesus. Amen, amen, amen. Listen, I'm still on fire from this morning service. Man, nine o'clock was, whoo, hallelujah. <laughs> We're going to continue in week four of our series, week four of our series that we are called All Dressed Up, All Dressed Up. And if you haven't uh, taken a listen at this, uh, any messages before today, God bless you, uh, <laughs> before today, Pastor Don opened up the, uh, the series with two messages and then Pastor Cody last week. Make sure you go back and you listen uh, to those messages because we're talking about spiritual warfare. We're talking about putting on the armor of God. And if you're not blind, <laughs> then you know that we are in a war right now. You're battling things that no one would understand. You are battling things in this world, at your job, in your relationships. You're probably experiencing some things in your marriage that you've never experienced before. You're seeing things in your kids that you never, and sometimes you want to just wring their little necks. Don't do that. That's abuse. But you're battling things that no one else sees and no one else understands. And so the purpose of this, this message, this series, is to help you to understand what direction the battle is coming from. Because when we're fighting these battles and we're fighting these things in our life, we begin to look at people as our enemy. We begin to look at things as the, the, the opposition, if you were, or the ops for some people. If you know what the ops is. We look at things and people as opposition, but God wants us to understand that it's not people that we're fighting against. It's a spiritual battle. And if you try to fight a spiritual battle with natural means, you're going to lose every time. If you're trying to fight, fight a spiritual battle, you're going to lose every single time. And what I hope that you grasp from the message today is you will be able to see what the enemy is doing in the spirit. And it may show up in the natural, but you will be able to understand that, hey, I know that's not a physical thing. I see what you're trying to do. I understand what you're trying to do in my life. And you'll be able to recognize those things and you will win. Listen, I know that we've been fighting some battles that it seems like we're not winning. It seems like we keep losing over and over and over again. And the message that I want to preach you today, to you today is to take your stand. And not only to take your stand, but to have this declaration in your heart that I will not lose. Amen. Now, Jay-Z was on to something when he said that. Some people are like, Jay-Z, who's that? I have no idea. <laughs> I will not lose. See, anybody in here, you're tired of losing? It feels like you just, you keep losing over and over again. And we as a people, we as believers, we as children of God have been losing for too long. We've been on the side of losing for too long. We have allowed habits to beat us for too long. You've allowed stress to overwhelm you for too long. We've allowed depression to keep us down for too long. We've allowed anxiety to beat us up over and over again. It's time for us to take our stand. It's time for you to declare that I will not lose. Can you say that with me today? Say, I will not lose. I like it as you added that to it too. <laughs> Some points of emphasis. I will not lose. 
And you're going to have to remind yourself of that. Sometimes you're going to have to wake up in the morning and look in the mirror and say, I will not lose today. I may have lost yesterday, but today is a new day and I've got new mercies that are available to me. I will not lose. It's time for us to take our stand. Pastor Don said in one of his messages, he said, it's time for us to stop being powerless. It's time for us to stop being weak-willed Christians is what he said. It's time for us to grow up so we don't give up. We've been babies for too long. It's time to grow up. It's time for us to grow up. And in our theme scripture in Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, Pastor Cody said yesterday or last, last week, last Sunday, that you see the word stand mentioned four times in this passage of scripture. And I'm one that I like to look at the Greek and the Hebrew. I want to know exactly what the word means because our English is jacked up said this morning, like, it's no other language can you say there, there, and there, and it means three different things. It's like, would it sound the same? But it means something different. And that there, T-H-E-I-R and T-H-E-Y-R-E, that get people all the time. <laughs> you ever seen people post on, on, uh, on Facebook and they put there and they meant they are? <laughs> and you put the little there with the asterisk in there just to remind them, like, thank God for edit. So when we see this word stand in this passage of scripture, it means two different things. Because the first time you see this word stand in verse 11, when he tells us to put on the full armor of God so that we can take our stand, he's talking about our foundation. The way that word in the Greek, it means a foundation or your base, what you're standing on. And a lot of times our base, our foundation is off and we wonder why we lose it. We wonder why we're falling for certain things because our base is off. It's important for you to have your foundation and your base set. I'm a basketball coach and I always tell when I'm training my son and my daughter and other, other players, I'm, I'm always telling them like you've got to make sure your base is set, whether you're, you're playing offense or whether you're, ha- you're on defense, your base has got to be set or you're going to be out of balance. In baseball, you see it, your base has got to be set before you swing that ball or swing that bat. In tennis, you see it. In boxing, you see it. In all of the sports, you see your base is important. Your foundation is important. And if your base is not strong, you're going to be off. I can stand on this step here. And you can see on one, I'm standing up here. If you walk up here and you push me, I'm going to fall over. No matter how hard I try, I can try to stand against it, but because my base is off, my balance is off, I'm going to fall every time. And this is how we walk through life sometimes. We've got one foot on our foundation and our relationship with God, and we got one foot in where we used to be. We got one foot in our past. We've got one foot in who we used to be and one foot up here. That's, when you're standing like this, this is, this is when you say things like, if she say one more word, just one more, I'm going to go off. It's because your base is off, your balance off. If he leave that cap off the toothpaste one more time. No, here you go. If he leave that toilet seat up one more. Your balance is off. And when your balance is off, it doesn't take much to push you over. Some of us, in our walk with God, we live like this. 
And so when we come to church, we one way. And when we go to work, we're another way. Your balance is off. Some of us, I'm not going to go there. Let's move on. <laughs> Did y'all see my cup, my luchadori cup? <laughs> Did I say it right? <laughs> Listen, I'm from the hood. I, <laughs> I can only sing in Spanish. I can't talk it. <laughs> and that's because Pastor Cody gave me the lyrics. <laughs> to me, this is Ray Mysterio. When I see that, that's... If you know who Ray Mysterio is... That's when wrestling was real, WWF. Now, WWE, that stuff is fake. WWF was real. I don't care what you say. And if you tell me that it's not real, catch me outside. <laughs> I don't care what you say. Ultimate Warrior was real. Like, <laughs> the second way we see this word stand in that scripture Later on in that scripture, it's talking about not our base, but it's talking about our position, our stance. And it's talking about a stance of resistance. So Paul is encouraging us that our base has got to be set, but then we've also got to be in this position ready for resistance because the enemy's coming. And sometimes we're reactionary to the, to the enemy. So we're not prepared for the things that he's throwing our way and we're off balance so we end up falling. And I don't want to get too far in my message. But as it relates to our lives, and I'm not even talking about our relationship with God. I'm talking about just every single day, everyday life. Can I tell you, and you can agree, that standing is hard. It's hard to stand. In fact, sometimes I feel like I'm falling more than I'm standing. Can anybody relate to that? That I feel like I'm falling more than I'm standing. <laughs> you ever seen those, those, you had those toys when you were growing up, it was the little inflatable thing. It, most of the time it was a clown face and it was like, and you hit it and it bounced down and it popped back up. Remember those things? <laughs> and it bounced down and it popped back up. You hit it again and it bounced down and it popped back up. If you got it in your garage, don't tell nobody else. <laughs> Just keep that to yourself. <laughs> a lot of times that's how we live our lives. The enemy comes and he knocks at it. He punches us and we fall down and pop back up. And then the bills come and we fall down and we pop back up. And then we go through that bout of depression again and we fall down and we pop back up. And anxiety overwhelms us and fear and we fall down and we pop back up. And sometimes we focus so much on the falling down and we forget about the fact that we're popping back up. And I know that it's hard. I know that it seems like you fall down so much, but don't focus on the amount of times that you fall down. Realize that every time you fell down, you got back up. And if you can focus on the getting back up, it makes the falling down so much easier because though I fall, I know there's a time coming where I'm going to get back up. He says we got to put on the full armor of God. We got to put on the full armor of God. And I can always trace my, uh, my own personal ability or inability to stand. I can, I can always trace that back to my personal devotional time with God. I can realize that if it's, if it's hard and, I'm, and, and I used to struggle, and I say used to struggle because I've been del delivered from it. I used to struggle with depression. I know when that comes on me, I can, I, I can always trace it back that I haven't spent enough time with God. Can I tell you that showing up on a Sunday is not enough? 
And I'm grateful that you're here. Thank you for coming. But don't just show up and check off that box. It's not enough. And we need as many people that we can to serve, serve over in the children's ministry and serve over in students and as an usher and out in the parking lot and as greeters. We need all of that. But can I tell you that serving is not enough? And we encourage you to give, give to missions. Make sure that you're tithing. Make sure that you're giving above and beyond that. Make sure you're giving, you're giving, you're giving. We tell you that, but can I tell you that giving is not enough? All those things are good, but it's not enough. You have to have a personal relationship with God that stems beyond just showing up on a Sunday. Because if it was just about showing up on a Sunday, I've been going to church for pretty much all my life. I would have been good already. You would have been good. Some of y'all have been going to church since y'all were kids. If it was just about showing up, you would have been good already. So there obviously is something more to it than just showing up. There's some work you got to put in. And for a person that just shows up, those are the kind of people that you hear say, well, I'm just not getting fed. Well, because you're just showing up. You don't have your own personal time. I'm sorry if that offended you. I'm not trying to offend you. But you've got to put in some, some work yourself. You've got to do something yourself. Put on. He's saying nobody's going to do it for you. You have to put on the full armor of God. So that you can stand against the devil's schemes. Verse 12, for our struggle, here it is, is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Your battle is not who you're sitting next to. And you may be having a, he just looked to his right leg. <laughs> Somebody done told you wrong, because this dude getting on my nerves. <laughs> Your battle is not against flesh and blood. It's a spiritual battle. And if you're going to take your stand and be in a position where you can declare that I will not lose, there's a couple things that you have to know. Number one, you've got to know your enemy because your enemy knows you. Pastor Don said this in week one. He's been studying you. He's been watching you since you were born. He's been following you around. He knows what makes you upset. He knows what gets you irritated. He knows what gets you frustrated. He knows all of those things. The reason that the enemy beats us is because he has a plan and we don't. You don't have a plan. That's why I said just showing up on Sunday is not enough. That, is that your plan? That's all you got? You're going to lose. Can I be honest with you today? Now, I don't want you to be offended, but I want to help you to grow up so you don't give up, like Pastor Don said. We have to grow up because if we don't grow up, we'll give up. If you don't grow up and become mature, as the Bible says, if you don't come mature, you're going to be swayed by every wind of doctrine. That's why it's important for us to grow up, to become more mature. When we grow up, we have a better position to stand. The enemy is studying you. He has studied, studied you, and you know nothing about him. Now, all he's doing is he's waiting. You think he's just, just, just going to jump out at you? No, he's going to wait, and he's going to wait, and he's going to wait, and he's going to wait till you least expect it, and then he's going to pounce on you. When you think everything is going good, he's going to wait, and he's going to pounce on you. That's why you see people, when things are going good in their life, they stop going to showing up to church. 
Uh-oh. And then we treat God like a genie in a bottle and I show up when I need him again and I rub it and I say my, my, my wish. And then once I get it, I, show, I leave and, then I, and I don't come back. Things are going good right now. If that's you, don't look at nobody. Just keep your eyes straight. But here's the truth of the matter. We have all been there before. I'm not trying to make you feel bad, but I'm telling you that we've all been there before. Sometimes I can find myself only praying to God when I just need something. And it's not about, God, what do you need from me today? So we've all been there. I'm not just singling nobody out. And if somebody's in here and said they ain't never been there, tell them they lying and you probably need to move a couple seats over because lightning is coming. It's time for us to take our stand. He's waiting on you. This is what Peter said in 1 Peter 5, verse 7 through 9. He said, cast all, somebody say all, all, your anxiety on him. Why? Because he cares for you. Verse 8, he says, and be alert. Be of sober mind. You've got to be watching. Don't get comfortable. Don't get complacent. You have to be alert. When things go good, you better look for the devil. When things are going bad, you better look for the devil. You have to be alert and be of sober, sober mind. Why? Because your enemy, and who is your enemy? The devil. It's not your spouse. It's not the person on your job. It's not the person that cuts you off in traffic. Your enemy, the devil, he is going around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. He's looking for someone who's grown complacent. He's looking for someone who's gotten comfortable. He's looking for someone that says, things are going good, so I don't need to pray anymore. I'm good. I don't need to. He's looking for someone to devour. And he's going to wait. And he's going to wait to just the right time, and then he's going to pounce. And if you've ever seen a lion, you watch it on National Geographic or whatever on TV, the lions just don't jump out. They wait, and they crouch in the, in the grass and behind the trees, and they'll sit there for hours waiting for their prey to get just close enough where their defenses are down, where they're not prepared where they're not, they're, they're not ready for him, and then he jumps. And so we get to that place where our defenses get down. And I know it's been a couple weeks and I haven't prayed, but God, how you doing? I'll see you in another couple weeks. Defenses down. He's waiting for your defenses to be down. And then that, that lion jumps out on that prey, and there's nothing the prey can do. He's done. And sometimes he jumps out and it's a pack of them and they all run. And what does he do? He goes for the weaker one. He goes for the slower one. He goes for the younger one. He goes for the one who's not prepared, who's not strong enough to take care of themselves. Then he jumps and he pounces. And I saw this when I was reading and studying on, on, on this message that a lion, when it attacks its prey, it typically bites it on the throat. Or it says... It bites it over the nose or the mouth. And I was like, wow, that's interesting. Why, was it, why would it bite it over the nose or the mouth? Because the purpose is to suffocate it. And if they bite them over the nose or the mouth and they hold it for long enough, they'll start to suffocate. You know, that's why it's important. And that's why I think Peter said this before he mentioned the devil going around like a roaring lion. He said, you've got to cast your anxiety. You ever had an anxiety attack? You ever had a panic attack? What does it feel like? 
like you can't breathe. The enemy has jumped on your mouth. He's jumped on your nose and he's, he's starting to suffocate you with the cares of this world. He's starting to suffocate you with, the, with, 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 with bills and he's starting to suffocate you with not being able to take care of this. He's starting to suffocate you with the, the issues in your body. He's starting to suffocate you with those diagnoses that you got from the doctor. He's starting to suffocate you. That's why he says to cast your worries, your anxiety on him. Otherwise, he's gonna use those things to suffocate you. Because if he can get you to a place, like Pastor Cody said, where you don't shout out the name of Jesus. You ever had a bad dream in the middle of the night? You feel like there's a weight on you? It's the first thing you say when you wake up. Jesus. You ever been in a position where you felt like you couldn't say Jesus? That's what the enemy wants you to get to. A place when you can't open up your mouth. A place where you can't because you haven't done the preparation and you're not ready. You're defenseless. Then he jumps on your throat. And now it's hard to say Jesus. It's not impossible, but it's harder. Because the cares of this world have got on you. So he gave us a remedy in verse 9. He said, resist him. Resist him standing firm in the faith because you know, look at this. That you're not the only one going through suffering. I know that it feels like your world is crashing in and caving in and there's so many problems, but you are not the only one going through suffering. Everybody's going through something. That's why you got to be nice to people. Because you never know. People are battling something that you don't even know what they're experiencing. That's why you just got to be nice to people. Everybody's experiencing something. So he tells us that we have to put on the full armor of God, not just part of it, the full armor, verse 13, of God, so that when the day of evil comes, you'll be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything, you'll be able, your foundation, your base will be set. You'll be able to stand. Put on the armor every morning. There's a battle coming in your life every day that you don't even know about. Put on the armor in the morning so that when the day of evil comes, when that pressure comes, you're able to stand. Say, I will not lose. If you're going to be able to declare that, you've got to know your enemy. And then you've got to always be ready. I used to say when I was growing up, if you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get, it's bad English, but it preached real good. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. We let our guards down sometimes. We let our guards down. But if you stay in a position of being ready, you never have to get ready. You ever gone, know that an argument is getting ready to happen? It's planned. It's like, oh, I'm going to talk to them tomorrow. And you get them receipts. Like I got, I remember the last time we talked. I remember that thing you did to me. I know what you're about to say, and I got receipts. I'm ready for that argument. You ever had those? And you ready for it? But then you ever had them arguments where it's like spontaneous, and then it just come, and you, and you don't have nothing to say. And then afterwards, you're like, dang, I wish I would have said this. 
Man, if I'd have said that, I would have shut that whole argument down, but you forgot. It's like, okay, can we do it again? Like, one more time. Let's act like it didn't happen. Let's do it again. <laughs> it don't work that way. Without the armor, without being ready, you'll keep losing. Without the armor, without being ready, you will lose the battle of depression. You will lose, you will lose and continue to lose that battle with pornography. Wow, I heard that back there. Wow. Because it's a battle that we don't like to talk about. You will lose that addiction to alcohol if you are not ready. You'll lose that addiction. You'll keep losing. You'll keep going back to those habits over and over again if you are not ready. The enemy knows how to get you. He knows how to get you when you feel like you're alone and now you done picked up the laptop or your phone. It's real quiet in this church. It's a battle. And it's not a natural battle. It's a spiritual battle. And you can't fight it with natural means. Paul tells us to put on the full armor. And it's not about the armor itself. But Paul, you got to know when he's writing this passage or writing this, this letter to the, to the church in Ephesus, he's, he's in prison. So he sees soldiers with armor on. And so he's given this example because this is what he sees. And so he opens up and he starts in verse 14. He's telling us, he says, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckle around your waist. Now, what you need to understand about Roman armor at this time, the belt is the foundation of the armor. Everything attaches to the belt. So if you don't have the belt on, nothing else will be able to hold. So it's not by chance that he tells us that we've got to put the belt of truth on first. The truth, the knowledge of who God is. You have to know who he is. You've got to know that you know that God is who he is, who he said he is, and who he said he was. And that he's the same today, yesterday, and forevermore. You have to know who he is, and you've got to put that around your waist. You've got to put that truth of the knowledge of who he is around your waist. And then he says, once you've got that in place, then you've got to put on the breastplate. Now, the breastplate actually hooked to the belt. So if the belt wasn't there, the best breastplate would just be flopping all over the place. It wouldn't be able to stand. So you've got to make sure you've got that belt on so the breastplate can stay in place. And it's not just any breastplate. He said, it's righteousness. So truth is the knowledge of who he is. Righteousness is us living it out. So it's not just about knowing who he is. It's about you living it out. Now, there is an element of righteousness that happens when we accept Jesus, but it doesn't end there. You have to try to live this thing out. And sometimes we just like to put our hand in the grace bag and just say, well, I got God's grace. He's going to forgive me. It'll be okay. I can do this thing and I can just ask him for forgiveness. Listen, it don't work like that. That's when the enemy is roaring around, going around like a roaring lion and you're going to get devoured. But when you stand in a place of trying to live right, it doesn't mean that you're not going to fall. That's why the scripture says that a righteous person, it doesn't just say a person, a regular person, it says a righteous person falls seven times. But what happens? They get back up. 
Yes, you're righteous because of what Jesus did, but you and I have an opportunity to live this thing out. We have to try to pursue righteousness is what the scripture says. Pursue living right. Pursue being in alignment with God because that leads to holiness is what the scripture says in Romans. And that's a word we don't say a lot in church today, holiness. It starts with righteousness. And righteousness is what protects our vital organs. The things that if, if an arrow pierces one of your vital organs, you're dead. If one of those arrows that the enemy shoots your way hits your organ, you are dead. Righteousness, us striving to live right, protects, guards our heart. It guards our vital organs. Trying to live right. Does that mean that you're not going to fall? No, you're going to fall. But you get back up. And you try to live right again. He says in verse 15, and with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. Pastor Cody talked about that last week. So go back and listen to that. He says, in addition to all this, one passage says, above all else, he says, take up your shield of faith. What you believe, what you believe blocks those arrows of doubt that the enemy is throwing your way. So when he comes with an arrow of doubt to say, man, does God really exist? Your faith, what you believe, blocks that. Is God really going to pay your bills? He sure is because he said that he supplies all of my need according to his riches and glory. Your shield of faith will block those arrows of doubt. Don't have your shield of faith and watch what happens. Don't have what you believe, what you really believe, and watch what happens in your life. If you are going to stand in a position when you say, I will not lose, you've got to have your shield of faith. You've got to put on this entire armor, and you'll always be in a place of being ready. And here's the last thing he says. He says, then take the helmet of salvation, knowing that you are saved, and the sword of the Spirit which is the word of God. And I love that he said what kind of sword it was. Because some of us don't use the sword of the spirit. You know what sword we use? Offense. We use the sword of our past. In a relationship, and you see somebody that do something a little sketchy, which it ain't really sketchy. You just, you, you still hurt from your past relationship. My wife calls it old boyfriend syndrome. And now you're making them pay for something that happened in your past relationship. It's the sword of your past. You've got to make sure that you are utilizing the right weapon. 2 Corinthians chapter 10 tells us this, for though we live in the world, we don't wage war as the world does. We don't fight the same way the world does. You cannot fight the same way the world does. If you fight the same way the world does, you're going to lose. We don't wage war the same way the world does. He says in verse four, the weapons that we fight with, they are not weapons of this world. You can't use your past. You can't use offense. You can't cuss somebody out all the time. Oh, that's just who I am. Well, you got to change. Well, let me say it somewhere. Some other people say, that's just how I'm is. Yeah, you got to change. Some of us still in the hood, you know. We still, <laughs> that's just who I'm is. The weapons that we fight with, they are not of this world. On the contrary, the weapons that we use, they have divine power. 
to demolish strongholds. That thing that's holding on you, what weapon are you using? That thing that is weighing you down, what weapon are you using? If you're experiencing issues in your marriage, what weapon are you using? Are you using the right weapon? The only way you're going to be able to stand is if you use the right weapon. And sometimes the weapons don't look like what we think they look like. You know, Gideon, if you've heard of Gideon in the book of Judges, he has this big army, 32,000 people. And God starts to cut down his army. He's like, you got too many people. And he brings out a, a, a couple things. And he says, you gotta, if they do this, get rid of them. If they do that, get rid of them. If they do this, get rid of them. And then you get down to 300. And he's like, all right, now we good. Gideon's like, wait, what? Wait, ho, ho, wait, wait, wait a minute. I got to attack these, these people with 300? That's it? That's all I get? And Gideon gets in fear. Man, I don't, even th- I don't think we can really do this. And God spoke to Gideon and said, hey, I want you to go down to the camp. And I want you to hear in the camp what they're saying about you. And so Gideon gets down to the camp and he starts hearing them talking and the soldiers are talking. And they're like, man, I don't know what we're going to do because I think we just, we're going to lose to this, 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 this army. Gideon's going to, we're going to fall into his hands. I don't know what's going to happen. And so Gideon gets this, this, this something about him, this pep in his step because he's like, wait a minute. So I can actually win this thing. Listen, sometimes you got to hear what the enemy says about, says about you. And thank you for, for bringing that to me, Pastor Eric. You got to hear what he, see, what he's saying, Pastor Eric said this in the back room, and I thought it was so profound. He says, what the enemy says to you is different than what he says about you. And sometimes we focus on the thing that he's saying to us, and we forget that what he's saying about us, he is scared. He is afraid because he realizes if you realize who you are, there is no way that you will lose If you realize the power, the authority, and where you are seated, if you can understand that, he's afraid of you. So Gideon, he tells him, he says, when you get down there, Gideon's like, oh man, he listened. He's like, oh, we're going to beat them. He goes back. He's like, let's get our swords. Let's get all that. We're about to go fight. And God says, nope, grab a trumpet. What? Wait, hold. God, are you, are you serious? Yep, grab a trumpet and grab some jars. Okay, God, I think you're tripping. Because this ain't, the math ain't mathing, God. Grab a trumpet and grab some jars. And they go, he says, you're going to surround the camp and you're just going to blow the trumpet when I tell you. And you're going to crash the jars. And what happened? Confusion all in the camp. And they jump up and they think everybody's around them and they start killing each other because of confusion. Watch this. The same tactic that God used to defeat that enemy is the same tactic that the enemy uses to try to defeat us. So he comes in to the church with politics. And he comes in to the church with this thing and that thing. Social media and culture and the news and all of that stuff. And it causes confusion in the church. And what happens is we begin to kill each other because of confusion. Now, because you believe this side or you believe this side, I don't like you. And we in the body of Christ. We're in the same body, but the enemy has come in and caused confusion. The same tactic. But here's the encouragement that we have in Romans 8, 37. He says, no, in all things, in all these things, we are more 
than conquerors. Not in and of myself. I'm more than a conqueror through him who loved me. The victory that you have is not because you're so good. It's not because you show up to prayer meeting on Saturday or during the week. It's not just because you serve. No, the victory you have is because of him. It's through him. It's not your works. Let's any man would boast. You are a conqueror. And more than that, through him. If you are going to be able to take your stand, if you are going to be able to say and declare that I will not lose, you've got to know your enemy. You've got to be ready. You've got to use the right weapon. And then you've got to know that strength is coming. Because some of us feel weak. Pastor Dave, I've been battling this for so long. Man, the Spirit of God is just talking right now. Lisa, you've been battling for so long. And there's some things that you've been struggling with and battling with. And in your mind, you're like, God, why do I have to keep coming to the same thing again? This pain that I'm feeling and I'm experiencing, I don't know what it looks like, but you know. This thing that I'm experiencing, I'm tired. God says, strength is coming, Lisa. There's strength coming. And look what the verse says here in 1 Peter 5.10. Look at this. It says, and the God of all grace, Lisa, and any other Lisa's in here, who called you to his eternal glory in Christ after you have suffered a little while. You've been suffering a little while. You've been suffering a little while. He says, after you've suffered for a little while, something happens. God himself will restore you. And somebody needs restoration in here today. He says he will restore you and he will make you strong. So in my weakness, his strength is perfected because God is who he said he is. He will make you strong. He will make you firm and he will make you steadfast, immovable. Your base, your foundation will be set. You'll be able to stand against whatever the enemy is throwing your way. Strength is coming. Do you believe that this morning? Thanks again for joining us this week. We pray that this message encouraged and inspired you. If you want to find out how you can be a part of Tree of Life, just go to our website, treeoflifechurch.org. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and share it with a friend.